everyone, and welcome to the On the Horizon RC podcast. I'm your host and Horizon CEO, Chris Dickerson, and back with me for season two, as always, our marketing director, Steve Petrato. Steve, welcome back to season two. Yeah, Chris, it's exciting. I'm glad to get back in the studio, as it were, and uh, do another episode here. It's been a busy year. I cannot believe it's September already. And uh, man, it, this has been a great year for Horizon, great year for the RC industry. And uh, I am looking forward to getting season two up and running here. How yeah, have you been? Oh, great. And it's so nice that while things aren't back to normal yet, we've been at least able to get out quite a bit this summer and at least get out with our customers and back into the industry some. Um, and, you know, that was kind of our original point for doing this podcast, right? We know that there's some great people, interesting people with amazing stories, and we're fortunate enough to to get to talk to some of those people. And the thought was, man, if we were at the flying field or the track with some of these people, you'd want to hear their story and, and hear about their passion. I'm excited to get to do this again for season two. And I think we've got some cool people. We had some great guests in season one, though, of course. I mean, um, I think our, our first guest, we had, you know, Jason Dearden from, from Arma and, and uh, Todd Hodge from Losey, Gil Losey Jr. himself. Uh, joined us last season. Who who else did we have last season? I'm trying to remember. Everybody. Yeah, we had uh, Dakota Fend. Uh, oh, we yeah. had uh, Adam Anderson, the Grave Digger driver. Yeah, that and, was fun. That was and, kind of a fun one for me because I've always been a Grave Digger fan. So to sit there and hear Adam Anderson talk about how much he loves RC and he truly does was such a kick for me. Absolutely. Yeah, it was good. And that was one that we actually got to uh, record in the office, which was kind of an, a, an odd thing at this point. But uh, yeah, that was fun. And then we also had Brian Parker, of course, uh, oh, quite yes. quite the interesting guy with the Recon G6 crew who helps us out a lot of Axial Fest. So yeah, it was a it was an awesome season one. And yeah, like you said, this was the whole idea of this was interviews with RC legends or celebrities within the industry or just people who are downright community influencers and people who just love the hobby and have the same passion that we do at Horizon Hobby. So it's exciting to to bring this back. I know we've taken a little bit of a hiatus, uh, but uh, I hope all of our fans are still out there and excited to to hear us back on the show. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, we won't give everything away, but I know you have been working hard to make sure that we have, you know, our, our caliber of guests uh, is pretty good. We've got some pretty amazing names that are going to sit down with us this year, including a great guest today. But we won't tell people who that is just yet. Um, who do, can, can you give us a couple hints, yeah. maybe some folks that people are going to want to tune in for this year? Steve? Absolutely. So we'll have uh, gentlemen, not many people may know, but a lot of the RC fanatics out there from the ETOC and the indoors world will know RJ Gritter, awesome RC fanatic guy and turned uh, full-scale aerobatics air show guy. Uh, we'll have the RC Sailors. Hopefully we'll meet up with them at RC Fest and do that oh, cool. recording there live. And we'll also be uh, at RC Fest, hopefully meeting up with Brian from Big Squid, Brian Smolik. So pretty oh, cool. cool there. Yeah. And, yeah, and Brian's the- always fun to talk to. He's always got a, you know, he lives the hobby. I mean, it'll yeah. be fun to hear, hear his take. We'll have to ask him what, what he thinks uh, to look forward to this this holiday season. Yeah, he's always got a great opinion on where the hobby's going and, and what trends are, are coming next. Uh, and yeah, I like I won't, you've got a bunch of other folks coming this season too. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll keep people, I think, uh, engaged in the hobby. So, hey, uh, I think uh, I wanted to, I'm impressed, you know, a couple weeks ago you did Air Meet Live. And I think what you and Allie talked for 
12 hours or some crazy thing like that. I'm amazing. Your voice has recovered. You sound great. Yeah. It's uh, it's always an interesting uh, thing to do. We love Air Meet uh, at Horizon and, and Air Meet Live was something kind of born out of the pandemic. And we were able to do version two this year. And you know, Ali and I were at it again, 3.30 in the morning, hopefully not turning the alarm on on the building <laughs> and uh, breaking in there and, and doing 10 hour live stream for the world to see what we do at Air Meet. Uh, this year we did it bigger and better. We had some really cool uh, app integration so you could get on there and make applause or rate the pilots as they're flying. And we included uh, drone air-to-air footage this year live, which was incredible to see. Uh, and just, you know, the show just was, it just keeps getting better and our production partners just keep pushing the envelope. So really good show. And yeah, our, surprisingly, my voice tends to hurt towards the end of the day, but still hangs on. And I usually don't talk for the next 24 hours. <laughs> so, but it's a good time. Well, congratulations to you and Allie and uh, Timo, Tilo, um, of course, you know, uh, Stefan Verm, our, our team manager over in, in Germany. We've talked for a long time about how cool AirMeet is and the fact that you guys used this kind of opportunity that we were given to, to take it, you know, to to the world through AirMeet Live. It really is a top rate production, Steve. I mean, it, it, if folks want to check it out, I mean, it's as good as anything else you'll see, you know, a full scale air show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how do they find it on YouTube again? Yeah, just uh, just search Air Meet Live, or you can go to uh, you can look at the English version on the Horizon Hobby YouTube channel in the U.S. Uh, or the Horizon Hobby Europe channel uh, overseas. So if you're a German speaker and you want to watch it uh, that way, or if you want to watch it in English, it's the same stream with just different commentation. So yeah, YouTube Air Meet Live 2021. And it should bring you right to that. Or you can watch last year's too. A lot of guys are watching this in their shop while they're building now. And it's just, it's there full, full time. So it just be, kind of becomes a really nice thing to watch. And there's just nobody else that can do it like we do it here at Horizon. So it's really, uh, it's really exciting to do it. And I'm excited to hopefully get back there into Donnaworth next year, uh, but also still do the live production because it's one of those things that it's great to share with the community. And, it, and it, we do get so much good feedback uh, from everyone watching it. So uh, it's a, it's a, project of passion for both Ali and I and the rest of the team. Uh, but also we, we think our customers really appreciate it too. Yeah, it, so. it really was cool. I would encourage people to, to check it out. That's a great idea to, yeah, while you're messing in your shop or whatever, just let it play. Cause it is, it's really cool and, and a lot of fun to watch. So yeah. we've also got though, I mean, air meets not the only thing we do. Um, <laughs> we've, we've got some pretty big excitement coming up uh, uh, next week, uh, the 10th and 11th of September right here in central Illinois, right? Yeah. So the team is hard at work already been, been hard at work for a few weeks now, uh, turning over Eli field and Monticello into an RC wonderland. So, uh, this year we've got quite the, uh, display acts lined up. We've got, uh, awesome crawler tracks, tons of great basher area for the surface side. We've got a great race, uh, actually two different style races, eight scale racing. And I think fifth scale racing this year, um, we've got boat trimies and, and really the whole point of RC Fest, much like this podcast is, is to just celebrate RC, celebrate the community, bring people into the hobby and, uh, and just introduce as many people as we can into this great hobby that we all have. Uh, so really excited about that fourth year doing it. Uh, it's kind of crazy wow. to say, we're almost that year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We skipped last year due to the pandemic stuff, but, uh, hopefully back better and bigger than ever. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good. We got tons of media coming out next week. I think I'll be driving to six different radio stations and TV stations next week. So it's, it's going to be good. It'll be a fun time. 
Yeah. Well, again, so if, if anybody's listening to this and they're listening before September 10th or 11th and you're in central Illinois, um, you know, the event's free. Um, we have a donation for parking. Uh, but the whole idea is, you know, bring your family and come out and try this great RC hobby that we have. So uh, it is a lot of fun. It's great to watch the pros like you and some of our team. It's also really neat that people are able to try the hobby themselves, which is is something really unique. So very yeah. good. And we also have something, you know, Steve, that I, I'm, I'm really proud of and, and really just shows the character of our awesome Horizon team, you know, tomorrow we have some guests coming from the USO and, you know, as, as folks may know, the USO, what it, it really does is it tries to help uh, military families when they're separated through deployment. And some of that is, you know, taking, helping the family, the, the spouse that's trailing and here maybe with a family and maybe even young kids, it helps when people are traveling. And we feel like this is an organization that the Horizon really resonates with. I think a lot of it because of, you know, we, we do a lot of military airplanes and we have folks on staff that were in the military or have military families. Um, and, and we're excited to have the USO visit us tomorrow where our Hobbies for Good initiative is going to be donating $50,000 to support the USO. And it really says a lot, I think, about the character of, of Horizonites to, to have a cause like this. Um, yeah. So we're excited to have those special guests on site. Oh, that's awesome. The USO is great. My brother's uh, in the Coast Guard. And when I travel with him occasionally, it's very rare. Uh, but the USO has always been there, you know, with open arms. And we both can walk in there and, and grab a bite to eat or grab a beverage. And uh, they do a lot more than just that. So, yeah, awesome, awesome foundation or organization. And uh, really proud of Horizon for stepping up and doing something. And Hobbies for Good, of course, to, uh, for stepping up and doing this. Yeah, and we'll be doing more with them. I think we've got some events planned here in the fall. So maybe yeah. on an upcoming podcast, we can talk about that. And then recently, you know, and again, thanks to the Horizon team, you know, we also did a donation of $25,000 to the Red Cross. And, you know, we had a flood recently here in central Illinois that impacted some of our community. We certainly see between hurricanes and forest fires and other natural uh, disasters and events, you know, the Red Cross does some amazing work just when people need it. And it felt to us like that was a good uh, cause to get behind as well. So it, it's awesome to see uh, the Horizon team, you know, trying to, to do good as well. So um, yeah, exciting stuff. No, very cool. Exciting stuff. It's always good to be able to give back and, and be in the position to do so. And, and uh, a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of fun can be brought with that as well. Hopefully the, uh, I know the USO events that I, I'm looking forward to uh, in October should be a lot of fun. Some of the clay shooting events that, the team at Horizons put together a little shotgun crew for that. So that should be a lot of fun as well. <laughs> well, we'll have to hear all about that. Um, <laughs> I think though, you know, we've probably got a listener going, yeah, yeah, but I know it's not a Horizon podcast. If you don't talk about product, <laughs> that's right. Steve, let's not keep those people waiting. Absolutely. What should we tell them about uh, well, that's new and exciting? You know, Chris, it's like I said, it's, it's September and it's been a crazy year. We've had tons of releases, but uh, to not go on and on and on, I think one of the ones that I'm, I've been most excited about, and I think a lot of our community has been hugely excited about, has been the brand new uh, E-Flight Viper 90. It was built off of the extremely popular uh, Viper 70 millimeter, which is a great flying airplane, really easy to land and take off, almost like a jet trainer. And we brought it up to a larger size, a lot more power. And uh, this thing is is wicked fast, uh, yeah. super agile, and uh, you know it comes together, it slaps together super easily. Uh, there's you know you can have it out of the box and flying 
within less than 10 minutes, pretty much in the time it takes to charge your battery and uh, super durable, awesome landing gear, everything in between. And the team at the E-Flight guys have just done an incredible job of upping the bar every single release when it comes to a foam airplane. You just can't believe the detail and the quality and the performance that we're getting out of these there's airplanes now. It's it's unbelievable. That is really cool. And yeah, the original Viper, I, I just love. It's so forgiving for somebody like myself, but then I see uh, some more advanced pilots like some <laughs> of you guys, and it's amazing what you can do with that, that airplane. Yeah. So very cool. Hey, I want to have one that I want to mention that's coming out here soon too that I'm super excited about, but uh, Axial recently announced uh, on the SCX-10 III platform uh, an early kind of genera- generation one Ford Bronco. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this thing. I had it at Hobby Town a few weeks ago. It takes the scale detail, the realism, everything to the next level, much like you're talking about the Viper. I mean, the teams here are just always so committed to, to continuously raising that bar. Um, the detail on this thing is awesome. It looks so good. Uh, it's got front dig function for folks that are into that. It's got a replica V8, you know, five liter V8 uh, engine under the hood. Um, of course, Spectrum Smart enabled uh, with an EX3 and Spectrum Servo. It looks really cool. It comes in this awesome kind of period teal color and then a white uh, for the guys that are looking, you know, Ford guys out there looking for uh, a cool crawler. This certainly fits the bill. So I would encourage folks to check both of these things out yeah you know i'm a ford guy chris and that that bronco really perked my interest and uh i love the fact that the solid axles moving away from the portal a lot of people i think on the original uh sdx 10 3 guys like the portal is awesome but i'd also love to have a solid axle so of course the teams here listen and it wouldn't be a an old bronco with a portal axle so it just made sense to put that straight axle on there so yeah you're right it's just an awesome release and again that's just two of the many, many, many <laughs> we've had this year already and many more to come as we fall, as we finish out the 2021 product season. So true. Uh, we, we probably could have done an episode just with a recap of all the cool stuff that's <laughs> come out since the end of season one. But, you know, I think we probably have our guest uh, in the waiting room now. And I think this is somebody people are going to be really excited to hear from. He's got a he's in the know when it comes to aviation and lives it. So um, what do you think about uh, getting to our guests? Yeah, let's do it. Let's head on over there and let them in the studio. Let's do it. Okay, everybody, as promised, uh, we have our guest with us now, and he is a very exciting uh, guest for us to have. Someone who lives and breathes aviation and community develop in the full-scale aviation world, but is also an RC fanatic. He's responsible for programs such as the Young Eagles, the EAA Chapters, and EAA's Members Program. He's a graduate of Embry-Riddle with a Bachelor of Science in Aeronautical Studies and holds an MBA in Aviation as well. Uh, Rick Larson with the EAA is our guest today. Rick, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. And first of all, I just got to ask, have you and the team recovered from AirVenture yet? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, it's great. It's great to be on. And uh, yeah, we're recovering. Uh, you know, I, it was a little different, I think, this year when, uh, you know, there were 24 months between the two events. Uh, you know, we were uh, there were certainly some things that we were probably uh, a little out of practice with. Um, but, you know, I think overall the team's recovering and, uh, you know, it was just a great event all the way around. 
Yeah, it really is. Uh, I wasn't able to go this year, but I have been to AirVenture before, and it really is something I think people have to see. And we're going to get way into that here in a minute. Um, I guess I'd just ask you real quick here, maybe before we get into it, just um, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, You know what you do specifically at the EAA beyond the title that I gave, and uh, then we can get us some fun stuff, You know, like RC. We tell everybody all about AirVenture because I, I can't even stress enough how cool it is and how people should get there and just yeah let's talk airplanes <laughs> sure um i have uh i have been at uh, eaa i think almost 17 years now after spending uh most of my career 24 years on the airline side with uh, primarily with midway airlines in uh in chicago and ata in indianapolis and uh you know i was fortunate enough to uh you know, have an opportunity here at EAA to get involved with an organization that, that fundamentally is all about, you know, getting people involved in aviation. And a lot of that goes back to what got us all into aviation to begin with. And, uh, you know, over the years have had, uh, you know, different responsibilities here. I, I came on initially as their, uh, their VP of marketing and, uh, uh, have shifted over the last several years to really the programming side and the outward facing side of EAA. So, you know, as you mentioned, it's, it's everything from chapters to the museum to, uh, you know, all of our, uh, our programming um, that we do, uh, our education programs, uh, programs like Young Eagles. Um, you know, our team uh, really handles that outward facing side of EAA. And, uh, you know, in that also is is air venture from a, uh, a features and attraction standpoint. So, um, you know, it, it, sometimes you almost have to kick yourself, um, you know, that that you're here at EAA and you're responsible for those kinds of programs um, because it really is it is that side of aviation I think that um, is all about you know what got us got us all involved in the first place and and it's it's how do we do more of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. You know, Rick, I, I think a lot of people probably listening would, would know, you know, oh, I know AirVenture, I know the EAA, but, you know, can you break the EAA down into like a, a quick, what, you know, what is, what do you guys stand for? What is your day-to-day mission? Um, you know, what, what can people think of when they think of EAA? Uh, our, uh, our mission, the formal mission is to grow participation in aviation and, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty concise, you know, from a mission standpoint. Um, but that translates really into, you know, how do we make it easier? How do we make it more accessible? Um, uh, you know, how do we make it more fun? How do we make it more attractive? And and that results in the kind of programming that we offer, whether it's, you know, a Young Eagles program on the youth side to try to introduce kids to, uh, to aviation, uh, programs like Flying Start that are, are really aimed at adults. Um, it's our chapter network. Um, you know, we can do a lot of things here at headquarters, but but really when we talk about growing participation, it's what happens out in the field. And so, you know, we've got 900 plus chapters, uh, most of them here in the U.S. Um, and that's where aviation participation is really happening. That's where the community is really happening. And, you know, so, you know, EAA is really all about, again, you know, how do we, how do we knock down barriers? How do we make those introductions? 
Um, how, how do we get people to realize, um, you know, being involved in aviation is something you actually can do, you can participate in, a lot of different ways that you can go about doing that. Uh, and, you know, the organization is all about, you know, promoting that and, uh, and really kind of evangelizing, you know, all the positives, you know, of participating in aviation. Yeah, that's, that's really good. So I do have to wonder, I mean, your marquee though event for the year really is Air Venture and it just wrapped up. I mean, I would assume you guys though, with as big as that event was, are probably already started planning for next year. Um, how was this year's event overall? You mentioned it was a little different a second ago. I mean, you know, how, how was it compared to prior years and, you know, even everything, the weather, um, attendance, all that kind of great stuff. It's, it still looked great from what I could see on social media. I know Steve was fortunate enough to be there. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, a lot of different ways that we look at it from a, um, you know, metric standpoint, but if you fundamentally just start with attendance, uh, we were within an eyelash of, a 2019, which was a record year, uh, number of airplanes on the ground, same thing. Um, I think the the thing that that probably struck all of us was, um, and it's probably the biggest measure of success is, you know, when you uh, when you walked around the site, and it didn't seem to matter who you interacted with. Uh, people were just happy to be here. They were happy to be participating in something that they clearly had missed. Um, they were happy to do something that felt a bit more normal. Um, and, it, you know, it was different in that, you know, there were certain things um, that we did not do this year, um, you know, as a way to, uh, you know, make sure that, that we were being responsible, you know, in the, uh, you know, as we uh, move through the various phases of this pandemic. And so, you know, we didn't do an opening day concert, which we normally do on Monday. Um, we didn't do some of the large um, uh, dinners and gatherings that we would do where we'd bring, you know, 12, 1500 people to the table. Um, you know, we simply said, you know, we're not going to do those things this year. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll look at all those again in 2022. But I think for the most part, um, you know, uh, people just really enjoyed um, being around aviation again, having the community come back together. And, you know, you think about what AirVenture is, and it's this combination of, you know, arguably the largest aviation expo that occurs in the U.S. any, you know, every year with, you know, 800, 850 exhibitors. It's a family reunion that started, you know, 60 plus years ago as a fly-in. Um, it's a world-class air show every day and a couple of times in the evening. Um, you know, it's all those things that, that, you know, come together that makes the event really unique. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, just about any way you would look at it, um, it was, it was a success. And, uh, again, people were just, I think, thrilled to be together talking aviation, watching aviation and just being back together as a family. Yeah, the congratulations. And it, I think we have a little bit of an appreciation for, you know, how, how different it, it is, but it does feel like people are, are just, like you said, genuinely just happy to be back together, even if they have to be a little bit different you can't have the big, big crowds, but 
it, it, that, that's just awesome to hear. And I love when you mentioned kind of it's, it's part family reunion. That, that's really cool. And, you know, my, my mind just spins on this. We have next weekend um, here in, in the Champaign area, we have our RC, RC Fest event. And, um, you know, it takes 100 volunteers just to run that little two-day event comparatively. I mean, what sort of planning goes into an event like Air Venture each year? I mean, how many people does it take? And, you know, what? I, I can't even get my head around how, how big of a deal that would be to try to, to coordinate, not a le- let alone just the uh, number of airplanes that show up. Sure. Well, I, you know, first and foremost, I mean, the event couldn't even begin to happen if it wasn't for our volunteers, our member volunteers um, that that honestly, you know, start showing up here in, in force in the April, May time frame. Um, you know, we, you know, when you go look at the overall execution of the event, there's, you know, five to six thousand volunteers that are involved. Um, and again, I mean, it just wouldn't happen, um, if it wasn't for that. Um, you know, I think from a staff standpoint, we're there to support the volunteers. We're there to, uh, you know, provide some direction and resources. Um, but they take the ball and kind of run with it. And, you know, the event is large enough, um, where, you know, it is, it is broken down into, you know, uh, 200 and some, you know, chairmen, um, that have their own, you know, set of volunteers behind them um, in the various areas um, that comprise AirVenture. And, you know, luckily, uh, you know, it is something that, you know, other than, you know, last year, you know, we do every year. And so, you know, there's a, you know, been a natural cycle to, you know, how the volunteers operate and how they work with the organization and, uh, you know, while there were probably some things that we were a little rusty with, um, boy, in, in so many areas and nobody skipped a beat. I mean, our, uh, our volunteers were on it. Um, and, and obviously had been thinking about it for 24 months, not just 12. And, uh, you know, I think overall, you know, the event, you know, came off, um, you know, I think as, as well as, we might've expected it to. And, uh, and again, so much of it is, is driven by the volunteer, you know, group that, that really they're the day-to-day face of air venture. And, and, and honestly, you know, we've talked about this before a lot. I mean, even if we went out and said, okay, we're not going to do volunteers. We're just going to do a paid workforce to go execute air venture. It never could happen. And it would never, ever come off the same way. Um, which makes it a pretty unique event. Um, you know, it comes across the way it does because of the commitment and the passion and, and, you know, just a group of volunteers that really care about EAA and about air venture. And that shows up in, in how the event gets delivered. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing to see. I've been going for quite a few years now in the last few i've been able to thankfully take some vacation time there and it's kind of turned into you you said a reunion it's been a a reunion for myself and some of my good friends uh, that are 
you know, in the RC industry and in the aviation industry is a good mix of people just passionate about aviation. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you said you guys made a lot of changes this year and for obviously for great reason, but the event just had an incredible energy uh, as it always does, but it didn't feel like we were missing anything. You know, it felt like things were great and good, good to go. And, and we still got the great air venture vibe and, and the volunteers were obviously fantastic as always. The vendors were excited to be there. Um, just a, almost a different feel this year, just from the energy. Of course, people were itching to get back uh, up in Oshkosh. And, uh, you know, I, it was just awesome to see someone as myself, a fan of both sides of the house, RC and aviation. Um, it just kind of, it was fun to see that much excitement. But in your mind, you know, what, what do you think is your favorite thing about the event? Either obviously you're, you're kind of behind the scenes and you're running it. So sometimes it may be hard to uh, enjoy it. I know that feeling at RC Fest, I can't really enjoy it, <laughs> but do you get to get out there and do anything special that you love about the event? You know, I think, you know, the, the simplest way I think to answer that is, is it's the people. And, um, you know, Paul used to say, you know, it might be the airplanes that, that brought us together to begin with, but in the end, it's the people that, that keep everybody coming back. And it, it is absolutely true. Um, you know, and in this case this year, and I'm sure you felt the same way, is, you know, we had this extra year gap in there. And it was interesting to watch because, you know, you realize that, you know, so many of the people that you're running into, it's been two years. But within seconds, it was as if that two years didn't exist at all. You know, it was just, hey, you're right back, you know, somewhere that you really love, doing something that you really love, um, and being around people that you really care about. And, um, you know, that was probably, you know, the coolest thing about this year. And it, and it's 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 always a highlight every year is, you know, it, it is absolutely the people, you know, and, and, and obviously there's cool stuff that goes on at AirVenture. You know, when you look at, you know, from seven in the morning till in most cases, 11 o'clock at night, there is stuff to go do. Um, but, you know, for me in the end, it's, it's, it's the people, it's, it's, you know, the, the volunteer side of it. Um, and, and there is, there is something that, you know, we, I kind of look at it as a magic sauce about about air venture, and it's hard to put your your finger on it. But when you're here, you can feel it, and it's that vibe, it's that energy, um, it's the respect, it's it's people that care about one another, um, and they act that way. Um, you know, it 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 is there is something special there, and it it it's clearly something that we feel. A big responsibility for it. We don't want to ever see that feeling go away. We don't want it to ever just be, wow, that was a big event. Um, you know, it. We want people walking away going, wow, that was really cool. And and maybe I can't even put my hand on, you know, what was different about it versus other big events that I've gone to. But there is something different about Air Venture. There is something different about Oshkosh and you know, that's what we strive to make sure that, that we don't lose. And, and it was absolutely there this year. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it was packed in the, in the booth all day when I stopped by and said hi to the guys and helped them out a little bit. It was great to see folks at the uh, RC field uh, that we, we took a lot of part in this year in the evenings 
And uh, even, you know, even out at Twilight Flight Fest, where it's just awesome to see that many people excited up along the fence line, getting close to the action and uh, enjoying aviation. And there's just so many different things to do. And if you've never been to the event, to our audience, I mean, just make it make a trip out there once in your lifetime, at least it's there's so much to do. You can fill an entire week. Trust me, I can do it. I do it every year of excitement and fun. And if you get bored, you'll find something new. <laughs> and I promise you wouldn't get bored there. Uh, so yeah, great, great event, Rick, to, to you and, and the entire team. Incredible job as always. And uh, excited for next year already. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, Rick, let's transition a little bit. I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, your, your background in radio control, since this is the On the Horizon RC podcast. Uh, you know, just a little bit about how you got started in RC before you kind of moved maybe from a professional element to the full scale industry. Uh, but what, what's where, where's your RC background from? Uh, goes way back. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, you know, I grew up in, uh, you know, with a, an older brother and a dad that, you know, just loved aviation and loved being around it. And most of that was on the, the, the modeling side. So, um, you know, grew up, you know, initially around control line and, uh, uh, you know, some free flight. And, uh, when I was probably, I'd have been 10, 11 years old. Um, you know, we, we started to get involved from an RC standpoint, grew up in the Chicago area. Uh, uh, we, uh, became members of the Chicagoland RC club back in probably 1970. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we started flying at that point in time. As a matter of fact, hanging over my head, I can say I'm probably one of the few people that owns their first RC airplane and it is still in one piece. It's a, uh, it's a Sterling Royal Coachman with an OS 19 sitting on the nose. And, wow. and at the time, I think we had a, uh, an MRC F 700 radio system in it. When you pull the wing off and you look at the servo mounts in the thing, you know, you go, how in the heck did the thing even fly? Um, you know, weight wise, but it did. And, and we kept it in one piece. Um, but, um, you know, that's where we got our start. Um, my dad and I, and my brother at the time was up in Michigan. And, uh, but, um, you know, learned to fly out at Chicagoland at the time. Chicagoland was a, a hotbed from a, uh, a pattern standpoint. Um, and I still have an absolute love for classic pattern. Um, you know, at that point in time, we had, uh, you know, Norm Page out at the field, Mike Mueller, um, Billy Richards, um, you know, there were just a, a number of, of folks that were, Gary Leonard, I think was another one of the guys out there that, that were, you know, just heavily involved in the, in the pattern side. And, and that was a huge influence because those were the guys that taught us how to fly. Um, and, you know, we were also, you got used to, you just went out to the field and you were seeing some of the best in the world, um, in the evenings when you'd go out to the RC field. So, um, it, it certainly instilled a, a lifelong interest from a, and, and participation from an RC standpoint. And, you know, I've never, you know, over the years, I mean, I've just never stopped flying, you know, RC. And, uh, you know, I think with everybody, you know, you, you know, sometimes it, it ebbs and flows in terms of your level of activity, you know, through the years. But, um, 
have always been active, um, uh, you know, belong, uh, belong to a, a club up here in Oshkosh. Um, and, uh, you know, fly whenever I can. And, and, and the classic pattern side is still a big deal for me. I've got a, uh, a radio and a Mach 1 right now, a dirty birdie, um, building a summit. And, uh, I just, I love that side of, uh, of RC. It's been an, it's been a huge part, you know, when I look at it, um, because it's always kept me connected to aviation. I've been fortunate where my whole career has been in aviation. Um, but before I started flying full scale, I mean, you know, it was RC that gave me that fix and it still does. Um, so, um, you know, been at it a long time, but, um, you know, love it as much or more now than I ever did. That, that's really amazing to hear, Rick. And this is exactly the kind of stories we we're hoping to share, you know, on, on the podcast here. And it, it's the passion you've, you've talked about it several times. I mean, what, what do you think it is about, you know, that you, you kind of mentioned your, your, your father and your brother and other family members, you know, being into aviation. What is this connection you think about, you know, flying RC planes that brings so many people, you've ended up, you know, making this your career, as you said, and it's clearly your passion. I mean, what is it about RC that, you know, you think maybe brings people ultimately into full-scale aviation? What is that connection? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a really direct connection from the standpoint that, yeah, I guess I've always looked at it, and, and honestly, EAA looks at it today, and, and certainly, you know, you know, folks like myself and Sean Elliott and, and others have influenced, but we look at, at you know, the RC side and, and, and the model side of, of aviation as simply another way to participate in aviation. And so, um, you know, it's just a different scale is, is really all it is. And, you know, I think, you know, it, it, it's the fundamentals that you learn, um, you know, when you learn to fly RC are, are almost directly transferable to full scale aviation. And, you know, I, I think, you know, most people that you talk to will, will tell you that it's far easier to go transition from RC to full scale than it is to go the other way. Um, and, you know, what you learn from an aerodynamic standpoint, um, what you learn to see with your eye that in a full-scale airplane you're feeling, you know, with your butt as well as what you see, um, you know, is, is, is huge. And, but it is, it's fundamentally the same. And, and you know, I, I, I say this all the time, and, and tonight's going to be a really good example. Um, you know, when it's a, a really nice night, I struggle between making that decision of, you know, do I head down to Hartford and, and hop in the Cub and go fly, or do I go out to the RC field and go flying? Um, because I get there's, there's a very similar level of enjoyment there. And, you know, and, and, you know, some of it goes back to, at least for me, and, you know, maybe it's because I'm getting old, but, you know, it's that you know, there is something about going out to the RC field that makes me think about my dad and about, you know, all the fun we had when I was growing up doing that. And it's still fun. I mean, you know, I, I still, you know, get the same enjoyment out of it 
you know, that I always did. And, and like full scale, you know, you can keep learning, um, uh, you know, and, and that's, you know, I think really important, you know, there's, there's not, you know, you think about all the things you can do in your life and, you know, flying is one of those where, you know, you can constantly be trying to improve. You can constantly be learning. And there's not that many other things that you approach that way in life. Um, but but flying is one of them. And, and it happens whether you're flying RC or you're flying full scale. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's interesting to hear you say, you know, kind of the background with with family and your father. And you know, I have a different perspective on RC. You know, I, I, I got into RC because I wanted to get into it. I didn't have family members that pushed me into it. It was honestly a, a magazine and, and uh, other friends that were thinking about it and wish we could get into it. And, and once I did, you know, your eyes are opened up to the, to the community. Uh, and, you know, like you say, it, it's still fun, right? For you, I've been flying since 14, I'm 34 now. So I've got a few years in it. Uh, and it, it is, it is just as fun today when I go out to the field or walk out my backyard as it was, you know, when I first started flying, probably less nerve wracking now, uh, cause I know what I'm doing, <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, it, it is one of those, one of those hobbies where passion is a big part of it. And then it's just fun day in and day out. Sure. There are frustrating times and, and sad times if you crash something, but, uh, it's, it's good to see. And, you know, the, the connection between full scale and RC, uh, with the EAA and, you know, experimental building, you, you see so much of that. At, uh, I see so much of that at AirVenture. I've got a friend of mine who's building a, a Lancer Legacy now who uh, he's, you know, deep in the throes of that. I can't even imagine or fathom doing that. Uh, but you see the same type of passion. And I'm sure you see this, Rick, a lot with the EAA, but the same type of passion in someone making or building an RC airplane as they put into their full-size airplane. Talk a little bit about you know, the connection there, you, you guys, you know, support that side of the industry so much where someone goes and builds their own airplane that they ride in. I mean, how much different is it to someone who's kind of just looking at that going, are you crazy? I would never build something I ride and fly in. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, one of the, uh, one of the real intersections there is on the building side is, um, and, and, you know, granted there's not as much traditional building that goes on is, is, or used to be, or had to be, you know, when you were, you know, years ago from an RC standpoint, but, um, you know, working with your hands, um, you know, whether you're, you're building, you know, an RC model or you're building full scale, again, really transferable skills. Um, it's, it's one of the reasons that we launched this build and fly program for our chapters, which is really a cool program. And, and you guys are involved in that. And, and we appreciate everything you do with that, you know, where, you know, we've got, you know, we, we make it easy for a chapter to um, essentially um, create a program for kids where, you know, they wind up building, um, you know, a, a traditional RC model. Um, and then, um, they're doing that with groups of kids. And then once they've got that done, um, you know, now it becomes go partner with, you know, an AMA club. Um, and that probably happened in the build as well. Um, and, and get it out to the field and get these kids on a buddy box, um, and, and get them, you know, stick time and, and again, all of that, whether it's the, the building piece and the introduction to, you know, you, 
you can actually go create something that 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 can fly. Um, you know the you know I, I think there's a you know you learn a little bit of a, a level of respect for what you have built um, when you have put kind of your own sweat equity into it and and you know sometimes I think nowadays that's a bit lacking in a you know, in an environment where, you know, when something doesn't work anymore, we just throw it in the garbage and we start all over again. Um, and, you know, I think so, you know, we believe it builds some skills that way. But again, it is transferable. And, you know, I think, you know, if you were to talk to, you know, the majority of, you know, folks that have built or are building an amateur built aircraft, um, somewhere in their background, um, there is model aircraft, um, you know, almost always. And, you know, I think, again, just like the flying side, transferable, and it, it, it creates that um, belief that, you know, I can go do this. And, and certainly, you know, what we have seen on the amateur build side with, you know, the advent of modern, you know, modern kits, um, you know, a high level of success, you know, that success factor is, is really strong. Um, and you have a lot of people that have never, you know, absolutely were in that, that category of, I don't know if I could ever do this and I can't, I can't believe I could do this and I would actually go fly this. Um, you know, they're able to see that happen and, and very quickly they realize, you know, they too can build and and go create something that they can go fly. And, uh, you know, it's why you see, you know, there's more amateur built, new amateur built airplanes registered every year uh, from a single engine standpoint than all the other single engine airplanes that are manufactured in the U.S. every year. And um, it's because it's more accessible, it's more affordable, better performance. Um, and, and so there's absolutely a high degree of the, you know, you can do it out there. And, you know, that's what you know, EA is really all about. I mean, that's where we started. And, you know, it was how do you bring the community together to help support that? Wow, that that's really amazing. Just the statistics of, of uh, that you just shared there about just how more people actually build their planes. And it, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. But you're right. I mean, you know, uh, I know when I was in high school, you know, we all took shop and, and classes like that. And I think a lot of schools don't do that now. So it's great that there are organizations like the EAA that allow people, you know, and it's, it's great they're able to kind of start this build and fly program with RC and hopefully, you know, kind of get the passion and get bit by the bug to eventually go out and build a full scale airplane. That's pretty exciting. Um, I did want to ask you a little bit since you're kind of talking about some of the EAA programs. Um, you know, one I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about is this Aero Educate program. And I know Horizon's working with you guys on that. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that program and, you know, kind of how it's getting off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we announced, um, formally announced it at AirVenture this year. And uh, it's a program that internally we've been working on for probably the better part of three years. And and it really started with trying to answer that question of, you know, so what's next? What's next after a young Eagles flight, for example? How do we keep kids engaged? How do we um, cultivate interest? Um, and, you know, we knew that that what was going on out there is, you know, we, 
you know, in a typical year, you know, we would fly, you know, 60,000 young eagles as an organization. Um, but it was probably only a small percentage of those that actually kind of had enough of the stick to to go, okay, this kind of lit a spark. I'm going to go figure out how to stay engaged. And, and we had started to build programs to do a little bit more of that. Um, you know, we had, uh, we had teamed with sporties over in Ohio to, you know, where a young Eagle has access. Every young Eagle has access to their online ground school, which is a great value. You know, you can earn a free, you know, first flight lesson, you know, we'll pay for your FAA written test, you know, things like that. But we were really kind of missing the broader um, ability to keep these kids engaged. And so Aero Educate came about as a result of, of trying to answer that. And so if you look at the main components of what Aero Educate is, um, sitting kind of in the center of it, and it's, it's one of the areas where Horizon is now part of this, is a badging program. And, and Aero Educate's open to kids 5 through um, 18 age-wise. Um, it's split up into four age bands. Um, but there's a badging program that sits in the middle of it that's run off of a learning management system. And, and basically, it's an, a number of different activities that are designed to, to educate, uh, designed to help kids explore aviation, whether that's from a, a piloting standpoint, from a, a science and technology standpoint, from a career standpoint, um, from a community standpoint. We're trying to encourage kids to stay involved in aviation. So, um, you know, it, it ranges in that badging program. It's everything from, from programs that we offer, you know, such as Young Eagles or, you know, if you come up here and you do a summer camp here and on site, that's represented in the badging program. Um, but we want to recognize, man, if you go to your local um, aviation museum, you should, we should be encouraging you to do that. Well, that's represented in the program. Um, you know, on the piloting side, you know, it's one of the ways that, that we've brought, you know, Horizon in is, um, you know, we want to introduce them to our seat. Um, it's accessible, it's affordable, um, it's a way for them to stay engaged. So I know, you know, you're in, in the midst of, of finishing up, you know, a number of different modules um, for the different age groups, um, you know, that, that move kind of through ground school and fundamentals of what RC is all about. Um, to actually getting out and, and, and participating. And so um, you have this badging piece that sits in there. Um, there's a, a strong career side of AeroEducate and the intent. Um, I'll steal, you know, a word from one of our partners at United, United Airlines and, and the individual, Kurt Brunges, who runs their Aviate program, um, always uses the word demystify. How do we demystify careers in aviation. Um, and because by doing that, we want to be able to encourage kids and parents that this is attainable. So, you know, right now in AeroEducate, I think we've got five different career paths, you know, piloting, air traffic control, uh, maintenance, management, engineering represented in, in AeroEducate. And it's just presented in a way to try to simplify how you get from point A to point B. Um, so that's a, you know, a big part of, of Aero Educate. 
Um, you know, we are linking scholarships in there, which also I think, you know, helps, um, you know, kids, um, you know, realize dreams. Um, but overall, the program is intended to, um, you know, energize kids and, and to keep them um, exploring um, and get them to a point where aviation, you know, becomes more of a, an ongoing pursuit. You know, it's, it's, you know, how do we, how do we light, not just light the fire, but how do we start to turn that into a passion and how do we get kids to realize you can take that passion and you can make a career out of it. And, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, Aero educate when you when you look at it in in a nutshell. There's a lot of different pieces to it, um, but again, the the program is aimed at you know allowing exploration and and cultivating and encouraging interest. There's there's one other big piece to it that I, I forgot is um, uh, we we want to be able to reach kids today through our own programming, we're not reaching. And one of the ways that we do that, or we'll do that with Aero Educate is we worked with North Carolina State um, and Embry-Riddle to develop um, a number of activities. Um, again, they're grade banded, um, but activities that are aimed at teachers where they, they can take and bring an activity into the classroom that's aviation infused, but it, it aligns with um, national standards and that. They're, most of those are, are STEM oriented activities. Um, but the idea is how do we get, how do we use that magic of flight um, as a way to, to potentially light some sparks? And, and if the activity causes, you know, that child to say, God, I never even, I never thought about flight before and flying, and this is pretty cool. What more could I do? Well, go get involved in, in Aero Educate, and you can kind of keep that going. So um, those, all of those activities are available to teachers at no cost. Um, and, and again, they're designed to reach kids that we probably wouldn't normally be reaching and, and use flight as a way to, to help them from a STEM standpoint, but then it also allows us to introduce them to aviation. Yeah, Rick, it's it's an awesome program, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited that we're a part of it, and I can't wait to see the future of it. I know it's just getting yep. off the ground, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be super successful. So really kudos to you guys for putting that together, and uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. One of we're the – yeah, yeah, I'm sure. One of the uh, other programs, I know you, you mentioned the Young Eagles, but for those that are listening, um, you know, it'd be just talk a little bit about that. We, you know, it's a program that – you know, brings kids into aviation. And of course you mentioned the build and fly aspect of that, but you know, how, how do people get involved with young Eagles? What is it? And uh, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, young Eagles is a program that goes back uh, 27 years now. Um, and, and, you know, it started out as a program with a goal of, of, you know, getting, um, you know, a million kids, um, uh, first flights in a general aviation airplane. Um, we're now at um, 2.3 million kids that have been flown. Wow. Um, they're flown by our members. It's a no cost program um, to the recipient of the flight. Um, most of the flights are conducted um, 
at the chapter level. Um, our chapters will do Young Eagle rallies. And, uh, um, you know, those rallies, um, you know, are, are aimed at, you know, again, getting kids that first introductory flight in a, in a small aircraft. And so, uh, you know, it has been, um, it's certainly the, you know, kind of our bellwether program, uh, you know, continues to produce in a normal year, we continue to produce about 60,000 kids a year. Um, our members love it. Um, because, you know, it, it allows them to pass the passion on, um, it gives them a reason to go out to the airport and go fly. And, uh, you know, it, it has just been, you know, hugely, hugely successful. Um, and, and again, it lights a lot of sparks. And now when you add that to what we're doing from an aero educate standpoint, we've got a way to go, you know, keep those kids motivated and engaged. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, you can go to ea.org, you can go to, you'll find young Eagles there. Um, and you know, there's a calendar that, that will have young Eagle events. There's a way to search for that. Um, but you know, it's a great way to go introduce kids to aviation, um, you know, and, and our, our members and chapters make it more than just the flight. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, they're really trying to, um, you know, do a nice, you know, pre-flight and kind of, uh, you know, what I'd consider almost to be a very abbreviated ground school. But the idea is, you know, get these kids up in the air, get them flying and, and get them to see what, you know, flying is all about versus, you know, not to demean anything on the airline side, but, you know, there's more to it than seat 19A. And, um, you know, so that's really what the program is aimed at and, and what it does. And, uh, you know, it has has just continued to perform very strongly and, and lots and lots of interest. Well, that's great, Rick. So is if somebody's listening to this and again, maybe they're an RC person and they didn't realize that the EAA was such a great tie and a great way to take maybe this passion that somebody in their life has for aviation. You kind of mentioned, so maybe they've got a young eagle, a a potential young eagle at home, or maybe there's somebody who just, you know, loves aviation. They fly RC and they'd like to to do more, maybe even be a, a volunteer at Air Venture next year. You mentioned the website, is it easiest just if people want to learn more to go to EAA.org? Is that the easiest place to learn about EAA and find a chapter near them? Yeah, absolutely. And, okay. uh, you know, that's the other side. I mean, you mentioned, you know, I, I had mentioned early on, you know, 900 plus chapters. Um, you know, it's another great way, um, you know, to um, connect to the aviation community. And, and I've yet to be involved in an EAA chapter that didn't have a relatively strong complement of RC flyers in the EA chapter. You know, some cases, you know, there were folks that, you know, folks that are doing both and in some cases not, um, you know, where it's just, you know, I'm, I'm into RC, but I also belong to the, my EA chapter. And, you know, it, it's a way to simply connect with the aviation community. Um, you know, our chapters, you know, are, are pretty active, whether they're doing young ego rallies, fly-ins, fly-outs, um, you know, um, uh, you know, simply having speakers at meetings and things like that. 
but it is a great way to connect. And, you know, it, it, you know, Sean and I talk about it all the time. I mean, you can go to a AMA club meeting or you can go to an EA chapter meeting. And if you threw a blanket over the top of it, you just listen to the basic discussion. Um, most of the time you'd have a hard time figuring out which one you were at. Um, you know, because it's just aviation that's being spoken. It's that, that passion for flight. It's that, you know, passion for aviation and the people that are part of it. Um, and, and, you know, that's what, you know, I mean, that's what I love about both is, is it's that, um, and, you know, and it's the same thing when you're out at, I mean, you guys know the same thing when you're out at the RC field. I mean, it's, it's the same thing that happens at the airport. It's hangar flying and, and as, as much as the regular flying. And, you know, so, you know, I think, you know, the, the EA chapter side is certainly, you know, something to go look at. And, um, you know, it is a way to go connect with that local aviation community. And, uh, you know, if you're an RC guy, maybe you're the guy that, that ultimately, you know, gets the EA chapter motivated around something like the build and fly program. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a great website too. So again, if you're listening to this and you think, wow, I, I, I do love aviation and I've not been involved with, with the EAA and I got to find out, you know, more about AirVenture next year so I can plan my summer vacation around it, which, which I know Steve does. So, and, and many other people here do too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was worried we weren't going to have anybody working uh, the, in the office the week of uh, AirVenture, but uh, um, you know, I, I it is great. So please, people, again, it's eaa.org. Check it out. You know, and then, Rick, what we try to do, too, at the end of each episode as we're starting to kind of wrap up, we kind of like to to give the guests the floor and just give them the chance to talk about anything they wish to promote or anything they knowledge they want to share or anything. It's kind of open mic, if you will. So is there anything else you'd like, you know, somebody listening to this to, to know about EAA or just aviation in general? Um, you've you've covered so much today on just the passion I think that drives people in aviation. I know my brother is an AMP for for UPS, and so I've I've seen somebody that lives their whole life just you know loving aviation, and it it is just who they are. I can hear that same thing in your voice. Um, I, I know it from Steve uh, as well. It's it's really phenomenal. So, is there anything else you'd love to share with with folks that might be uh, might be listening to this. You know, I, I think the, the the big thing is, you know, when you think about the RC side and the modeling side, um, you know, it absolutely can can take you places. And, um, you know, again, the way we look at, um, you know, the modeling side and the RC side at EAA is it's simply another form of participating in aviation. And, um, you know, we see a ton of crossovers, um, you know, and, and, and there's can be that ebb and flow where people will go kind of move between full scale and, and modeling. And, and then there's those of us that just have never figured out how to not do one or the other, but, um, you know, the, you know, it, it can lead places and, and, you know, it is, you know, I want, you know, folks that are, are out there, you know, on the RC side uh, to understand that, you know, that's how we look at it. And, um, 
you know, aviation, I mean, I, I look at aviation, and again, I had mentioned earlier, I feel fortunate that I've been able to go spend my whole career in it, um, you know, because I can never as a kid ever remember not being interested in it. And so to be able to look back and go, I've, that's all I've done um, is, is aviation. Um, to me, it's pretty cool. And, and in the middle of that, somewhere has always been RC. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you can do for a long time. Um, you know, I can remember my dad when he was, you know, in his early 80s out at the RC field flying and, and just having a ball. And, um, you know, it, it, it is something that, you know, can be a lifelong um, interest and passion. And, and it can also take you a lot of places. And, you know, you know, don't be afraid to explore stuff. Don't be afraid to, you know, go knock on the door that that, you know, EA chapter, you know, and and get involved. Um, you never know where stuff like that leads. But, um, you know, I, I just look at it and I, you know, I feel thankful that, you know, I got involved in it when I did and, uh, you know, have stayed involved and it, it's just always been there. Yeah, that that's really great. Um, you know, thank you so much for, you know, sharing your story, your passion for aviation and, and the fact that, you know, yeah, you can make a career and a life out of out of aviation and, and be able to, you know, make your your passion, your career is is really something that's, that's pretty special. And the EAA, you know, the work you all are doing is going to make that possible for generations to come. So we thank you, you know, for your your partnership for working so diligently, you know, to help people stay passionate and, and learn about aviation and whether that's uh, flying RC airplanes or full-scale airplanes or building their own home build, um, you know, just like you said, getting that initial spark and then letting it, it take you further is, is really exciting. You know, all of us here at Horizon, we appreciate what you, your team at EAA do. Like I said, uh, you know, it, it's to the point where uh, I, I said I was worried we were going to have any staff left to, to keep the company open the week of, of AirVenture, but that's okay. That's a good problem to have. Um, and I, I think, you know, Steve, you're closer to this than I am, but I mean, we certainly look forward to, to a great, you know, relationship, continued great relationship with, with you and your team and supporting uh, future generations of aviation. I'll tell you what, we look forward to, uh, we look forward to the exact same thing. And, uh, you know, I'm glad, uh, you know, we've got a, uh, a, a good partnership started. Um, you know, I think we just need to keep building on it. And, uh, you know, I, I just watch what goes on every year now for the last three or four years at Twilight Flight Fest. You had mentioned it. And, you know, we've got an opportunity there to introduce a whole group of people that that knew nothing about RC really to it, and and you just watch the excitement in that, and it just reaffirms, you know, why a relationship like this is important. Definitely, yeah. One of the things Chris always says to me is, you know, people don't stop loving flying once they get into it. It's it's the kind of a bug that sticks with you forever, and yep. I think 
almost anyone you talk to probably has the, man, I wish I could fly thought once in their life. And uh, then these two sides of the industry really allow you to do that. So uh, yeah, like you said, it, it's awesome to, to put more people in those shoes and, and get more people excited about it. And uh, between Horizon Hobby and EAA, you know, the industry as a whole, whether it's full scale or RC, has two pretty solid advocates. <laughs> and it's awesome to see that you guys on the, on the full scale side also have a lot of RC passion. It's not just you, Rick. I mean, there's a few other folks on the leadership team at the EAA that we talk to that are RC fanatics, and it just it just flows through a lot of different people inside of aviation. So exciting stuff to see. Absolutely. Well, Chris, well, Rick, I, uh, Chris and Rick, I appreciate you guys doing that. This is the first episode of season two, so thanks for the kickoff uh, for the On the Horizon RC podcast. Rick, I'm sure you've got other important things to tend to before the day is over here. So we'll let you get back to that. Uh, Chris, do you have any last words? <laughs> no, just thank you again. And again, everybody who listened to this, welcome to season two. And uh, I think, Rick, thank you for kicking us off. You've been awesome and exactly what we're trying to do. So stay tuned for more exciting guests uh, like Rick this season. Uh, until next time, Chris and Steve out. Hey guys, this episode is over, but thanks so much for tuning in to the On the Horizon RC Podcast Season 2 premiere. We have many more guests lined up for you guys, and we are excited to be back. Don't forget to check out horizonrcfest.com for more information about our awesome event coming up this September 10th and 11th right here in Monticello, Illinois at our home field, Eli Field. Again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you guys on the next one. Music